0: Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Bunkhouse. I'm your host, John. I'm active duty marine, so any opinion expressed on this show is of mine and not of military regulation or policy. I wanted to start this off just a little bit differently today. I wanted to give a shout out to one of my, one of my fans out there. I used to serve with his dad and he was listening with him and he's like, Hey, that sounds like so-and-so's dad. And he was like, well, that is him. Uh, so just want to give a shout out to him. Miss you guys. Good luck with everything. And on to the show. Now that the formalities are over with, I'd like to introduce my next guest, Jake. Um, work with him. How long do we work together? Jake, probably what, two years now. or well, a little bit years. ish. Worked with him, probably one of the most proficient cybersecurity professionals I've, I've had the pleasure of working with. So if you could, Jake, just go ahead and go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us um, branch of service, a um, little bit about yourself, kind of background. Sure.
1: Yeah, I think you're a little too kind with the, uh, the comments there. But um, yeah, I, uh, I was in the Navy for six and a half years from 2012 to 2019. Uh, kind of started out as a sysad and then uh, transitioned into cyber towards the end. And um, when I got out, right before I got out, I got my uh, CISSP and then jumped into some cybersecurity contracting. Uh, started out at Lejeune working for TUMEF. Enjoyed that and then uh, switched over to the Army side and I uh, use industrial cyber now.
0: Do you think uh, your background in CIS admin help you with the transition over to cybersecurity?
1: Yeah, I think I think for the military specifically, not to try to to gatekeep it, I would say, but I would like to see it as um, kind of like a cross training requirement. Um, I think I think whenever you bring that up, a lot of people will kind of accuse you of gatekeeping the profession, but um, in my opinion, it, it really helps. How, like, how can you know how to stick something if you don't even understand what the
0: configurations do? That's the kind of the way I look at it. Right. Yeah. know. Like, I definitely like we work together. Um, up at Two at that was definitely one thing that helped me out a lot. Being able to work with you, and then working with our other uh, like our defensive cyber guys and stuff. Just the understanding of the sysadmin side of it, knowing where controls get put, and, and how that can affect stuff. For sure. So, all right. Um. So. First question I ask pretty much everybody is what have you or what is there anything that you took from your time in the military that has gotten you to where you're at today? So from the time that you were in in the Navy to today, is there some things that you you took from your time in service that helped you and and got you kind of where you are today?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say pretty much everything. I mean, whenever I whenever I joined the military as 18 years old, I didn't know really anything about computers aside from what the average 18-year-old video game nerd knows, you know. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what a domain controller was. I didn't know how networks worked. So I pretty much took everything, um everything from ITA school to all the little nuggets of information that I picked up along the way and um kind of in the nicest way to say it, how to game the DOD system. To get the credentials and the experience that you need, um, so yeah, I took a I took a lot, I would say.
0: Okay, no, that's good. What's your favorite subject? You you primarily work cyber the cybersecurity side, not necessarily the stuff, but the cybersecurity side, correct? Yeah. So yeah, what would be your your favorite subject or favorite thing that you like to work on or work with um, in cybersecurity?
1: Yeah, I would say as far as stuff that I'm like proficient with, I would say Linux because you don't, a lot of people, you don't really catch them knowing too much about Linux. Um, And you kind of get to teach people along the way and help other people out and show them a thing here too, especially with a lot of Marines, we were able to kind of show them some tricks and stuff like that in the, uh, especially on the Red Hat side. But um, as far as new stuff that I'm kind of, Uh, looking into is the all the industrial stuff I'm learning as I took on this job really liking the industrial side of the house and also the pen testing which I would still consider myself a novice but like you know jumping in a cali box or a parrot box and messing around and tinkering and doing hack the box is enjoyable as well and I think it helps I think it helps your defensive cyber side a little bit too.
0: Kind of Understanding what to kind of look for on what those actions are to try to get into those things and Being able to actually be able to see that and how to defend that. Exactly. Okay. Well, that that makes complete sense. So why, why would you say the pen testing side is, is your new, I would say is your new favorite, right? Like,
1: I mean, I think everybody likes the concept of being able to kind of get into your stuff and see what you're doing, you know, Uh, but keeping it legal by doing it on, you know, the VPNs and the private networks of hack the box and, uh, you know, all the other unsponsored companies of this podcast um, <laughs> but uh yeah i think just the the concept of it is really cool it's really it's kind of like a puzzle i would say okay. so it's kind of interesting to kind of learn all the little tools and um i think uh, another like common misconception is that you need to know how to program your own exploits when most of the people that are pen testing don't program their own exploits so i think just jumping in there as a script kitty is yep. uh, still really enjoyable
0: okay that actually kind of brings me um, to the to our next discussion point, actually. So what kind of advice would you give someone? Um, I, there's, it's kind of a two part question. I'll, I'll treat you like I did with my last guest. Um, the first question will be, what kind of advice would you give someone that's coming out of the military um, in either IT or cybersecurity, but going out of the military into their next chapter in life, whether it be continuing on with DOD, or out in the public sector or, or whatever, what, what, what kind of advice would you give them?
1: Well, I wouldn't really be able to help too much with the public sector because I always kind of wanted to stay in the DOD. But as far as staying with the DOD, uh, the most obvious thing is you have to have your 8570, 8140 cert. So depending on what kind of job you want to get, you at least need to have your security plus for almost every job in the DOD or something like it. And using the military and their programs, Navy COOL, Marine Corps has got their own programs. Um, using all of those programs to get your certs and your GI Bill, uh, you can actually use that to get certs as well. Using those kind of things and leveraging them to set you up on the outside is very important. Using your tuition assistance while you're in instead of using your GI Bill helps a lot too because then it sets you up to kind of start your master's classes at least. Yeah, I would say those are like the obvious ones. Um, Then outside of that, getting with some of your GS employees that you work with while you're in and getting them to start looking at your resume and letting them get a federal resume set up for you. Because it's formatted a little different than the way commercial ones are. It's more uh, narrative than it is bullet points.
0: I think, and again, not affiliated or sponsored by, but I think USA Jobs is like the primary one that they that like the government of DoD goes with.
1: Yeah, yeah. USA Jobs is where all government jobs, minus three letter agencies and intelligence services, go through. Yeah. Most of the intelligence services use their own kind of, uh, you
0: know, intel,
1: yeah.
0: you know, yeah, and job and websites. I know. USA, USA jobs, definitely a structure when it builds out the resume for you, like, like how you were just talking about.
1: Yeah. So if you want to find, if you want to find a GS government job, you just go into USA jobs, search 2210 and filter by area. And you'll see all the IT jobs and kind of, you can kind of go ahead and eliminate all the, um, the ones that are like year long fills that don't actually have a position attached to them okay and just go there they're hard to come by though um government contracting is a lot easier to get into um you could just go on linkedin and uh or clearance jobs is a okay. good website uh, and find jobs that way um, another thing that's important is make sure your clearance is good before you get out i my clearance my ts got renewed right before i got out the month before so that's important to make sure you get that good too But yeah, just, I think kind of leveraging the DOD and using the programs they have to set you up for the outside, make sure that you have somebody that already has a job and knows what they're talking about in the DOD, set your resume up the way that the DOD likes it. And, uh, and then just learn as much as you can find the smartest, make sure you're never the smartest person in the room. Always find your two foreign officers and your, you know, your Mustangs and your, E9s with a million years of experience and let them teach you some things. And that's the best way to set yourself up. Kind of put yourself in challenging positions and always ask for jobs that are in high demand. Kind of put yourself in the front and keep asking and keep asking. Because that's, that's how I got into cybersecurity at, uh, when I worked in Sicily. was I just kept asking and kept asking like, hey, I'm getting this cert. I'm getting this cert. I got this cert now. Hey, I want to be in your department. I want to work for you. And I, that's how I got off the watch floor and got into cyber. And now here I am working for the DOD outside.
0: Awesome. So what about some some technicals? Like so some either technologies or or certain kind of not necessarily experiences, but I guess technologies are that you would you would recommend for somebody yeah. coming out and out, out of. And again, this, this is this really still towards more like the IT sysadmin guys sure. that are already there.
1: Um, I would say the most obvious thing that jumps to my head is cloud. Okay. Cloud is cloud is the future, and it is the present also. Although, like the Jedi contract got canceled, there's going to be another one that comes right behind it. So get smart on Amazon, get smart on Microsoft, maybe Google. Who knows? Doubt it, but maybe Amazon Web Services has a really good training profile, training profile, and certification tree that you can go down and i believe the first training for their entry level cert is free gotcha. um, so get that for sure um, get you have to have some kind of os uh, cert because the government likes os cert so linux or linux is the easiest one in my opinion because it it stays the linux kernel doesn't change that much compared to you know the new windows edition you got to take the new test and you got to stay up to date the, the linux kernel is more stable as far as the changes. Um, yeah, those would be like some technical things I would say to set yourself up is to definitely learn about, about cloud, definitely learn about uh, some kind of Linux OS. And yeah, maybe some maybe sprinkle in some networking here and there because one of the things I've learned recently is that uh, especially working with Marines is their, their networking skills are so high that it's hard to like, it's hard to keep up with them. So that was kind of like one big punch in the face was uh, how behind I was on my networking skills. So I would say that
0: as well. Okay. All right. So now kind of shifting angles a little bit with that kind of the same question, what kind of advice would you give somebody that's coming out of the military that doesn't necessarily have the IT or cybersecurity background, but wants to get into cybersecurity?
1: They're coming out of the military?
0: Yep. Coming out of the military don't really have any experience in it or cybersecurity, but want to get into cybersecurity as a, as a profession?
1: That's tough. Um, I would say college is a great way using your GI bill. I kind of do the college grind, you know, collect your GI bill, your post 911 11 money, go to college, have a side job, learn it, take, probably take on an internship of some sort. Most important thing for that though is you're gonna have to if you want to stay in the uh, the government side of IT, is you're gonna need to keep that probably secret clearance if they're not in IT. Uh, so just make sure you're not getting out at your ninth year mark, you know, and kind yeah. of setting yourself up for failure. If you're gonna if you're gonna get out halfway through your service, which I really don't recommend. At least go to the 11th year. <laughs> that way you get your, <laughs> your clearance updated. Um, or otherwise, you're not going to be able to really get a job. It's pretty hard to find jobs that are willing to sponsor clearances. But if you do want to find one, once you get, once you go through college, once you go to your boot camps or whatever you want to go to, um, study for certs, read, buy the books for certs and study those. Then you can actually go and take those tests and you can uh, look for jobs on uh, USA, LinkedIn, all those kind of jobs. And you can search for willing to sponsor clearance or sp- sponsoring clearance. Those are jobs that will take you with a public trust and give you a secret clearance
0: or hire. Okay. okay. That's good. To know. That. I, I didn't know that, that either. That's actually good to know by the whole sponsoring clearances piece.
1: Yep. Also, mm-hmm. if you, um, if you ha- say you have a clearance, but you don't use it for two years, so you go to college
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you don't use your clearance for two years, they're going to consider your clearance inactive, even if it's not expired. Got it. So it's effectively expired, but it is, but it isn't. So you have to go through some, the company that's hiring you has to pay some extra money in order to get you back on. So it's kind of a detractor. So just keep that in mind. And I think setting yourself up before you get out is the best bet. Use the tuition assistance, get your certs, learn, cross train while you're in, go work with the ID department on anything unclass you can and, or secret if they'll let you. And
0: that's the best way. Okay. All right. So now let's kind of shift gears back into more of your experience. And since coming in, you said you've been in cybersecurity, what, six years total now? Six, well, eight years probably total now, maybe more? Yeah, something like that. I've been in
1: IT for about 10 or 11 years.
0: Okay. Um, So uh, over those 10, 10 to 11 years, what has been the biggest change you've seen, whether it be the mentality of the ones you work for or the ones you work with. Um, we all know technology changes at the speed of light, especially these days, it seems like. But what are, what are some probably some of the biggest changes that you've seen? And how did you go through those changes for, for you to, be, to continue to be successful?
1: Uh, there's two that come to mind. Um, one that I haven't fully adapted to is the cloud. Um, I've taken some college classes to try to get up on it. It's, um, it's a lot different. It's, um, I think AWS makes it a little easier to learn than Microsoft does with their classes. And then the other big one is the rise of importance in industrial cybersecurity. The threat to industries such as the Colonial Pipeline, the, uh, the Tampa area water facility hack, all of those things it's bringing up and bringing up and bringing up the fact that our infrastructure and our industrial control systems are 20 years, 25 years behind everything else. They're incredibly vulnerable. And most of the time, the technicians that operate them aren't savvy on cybersecurity at all. So there's huge holes in configuration. There's huge holes in physical security of the facilities. There's a a lot of problems. And I think that for one, the infrastructure bill that's coming out uh, is gonna help with that. The recent establishment uh, within the last three or four years of CISA, which is the uh, infrastructure security agency, is a big thing. So those kind of initiatives, I think are the two biggest would be the cloud and the push for
0: industrial cyber. Yeah, because I would definitely say our time that we worked together, we worked on a couple projects that kind of sh- shed the light on a lot of, a lot of problems, even with mentality, right? Like, yeah. I, think, I think that was a big one too, is things would come up, vulnerabilities would get noticed or get published and say, Hey, these are being exploited now. And then people would have like knee jerk reactions, right. And say, Hey, go do this thing. Yeah. But they don't actually look at what the true risk to said exploit is. They don't yep. look at the probability versus the possibility, right? To actually weigh the true risk of it. I think
1: um, another problem with that approach too is the the knee jerk, rip it out of the network approach is that whenever you talk about cybersecurity, you have the triad, you have your confidentiality, your integrity and your availability. So yep. when you knee jerk, rip something out, you take away your availability and that's Every a time. cybersecurity flaw in itself. So yep. proper configuration control and, constant patching and scanning and patching and scanning is a more effective tool than just ripping something out of the network. The only, the only real exceptions to that are implanted hardware devices, um, supply chain attacks like the solar winds. Uh, those are good examples of things that deserve a knee jerk reaction, deserve to be black hole and ripped off the network. Um, but things that are within the control of the network, like, a CVSS vulnerability score that's high and catches somebody's eyes up top that can be patched is not something that
0: deserves to be tanium locked out of the network. Right. Or, or if it may still have a high score, but it's, but it's a tag Correct. vector. Like it, you have to be either one inside of the network or even like hands-on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you
1: have to go four layers deep and
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I agree. We've, I agree. We've definitely had to have some conversations with people um, about stuff like that. And right. <laughs> Okay. Do you think that can, tra- can change the mentality? Um, I think whenever
1: you have, and I think the one thing that helps is like having good leadership. Having One thing I've been seeing a lot lately with leadership is a lot of people that are required to learn more about cybersecurity as they're coming in, which is good, especially on the Navy side of things. Uh, a lot of Navy commanders that come in to even just like a telecom station are proficient in cybersecurity. They've either been the executive admin for some cybersecurity general or something or another. So an emphasis on putting officers in the military into cybersecurity roles at some point in their career, if they're in the IT space is important. Um, Decision makers having that knowledge I think that's a big thing. And I think that translates to the GS world outside. I think if you're going to be a GS 13 run into the department, I think you need to know about cybersecurity more than just, Oh, we're going to hire somebody to do it for us.
0: Yeah, I definitely, definitely think it needs to be emphasized a lot more as far as education. The ones that are in charge that say, hey, yes, like I'm the one that is responsible for the security and the availability and integrity of these systems that provide for this operational requirement, but then they have zero clue or very minimal idea of really what that means and, and how to do those things. Um, but I yeah. think I think it, I think it is, is going to be extremely important in the future that we get away from that old mentality to where we say, hey, well, I got these other guys that work for me that know these things. So I'm just going to take their advice only, not based off of what I know too, right? Yeah. I, th- I think it's going to have to be a big shift in the educational mindset and, and how we set up our leaders for success in the future. For sure. All right. So is there anything that you want to share with the guests or, or anything like that? I would
1: target most of the people. Most of the people that I can help are people that are coming out of the military and going into to cyber or some other contracting roles, I would say to them, first of all, make sure that you fill out a disability claim, let the government decide if you're disabled or not, don't decide it for yourself. Don't be the macho Randy Savage saying that (laughs) I'm too good to be injured, you know, all that there's, there's things people, people get PTSD from being in car wrecks. So I'm pretty sure if you've been overseas or even if you haven't, there's some, probably some stuff in there, Let the government make the decision. And then go from there. Uh, Another thing, like I said, get your certs, get your education, make sure the government pays for it. Make sure you're getting paid while you're doing it. All the programs are there. It's really easy. Um, There's online colleges. So you never have to sit, put outside your house if you don't want to get your resume looked at by professionals. um, But don't pay somebody to write it because it's not that hard to write it yourself. And uh, just just try hard man just uh just try to, you have to you have to stay learning you can't just you can't just sit back in your office 8 hours a day and do nothing you have to learn you have to try to immerse yourself in other things like the me getting into the networking side more and learning about that cuz networking is a huge part of cyber I'm branching out into industrial now. I got a, I got a foot out over here playing Twister, and pen testing. So you just kind of gotta, you kind of gotta spread out a little bit and learn a little bit about everything. But you don't really have to be a master at everything. So uh, don't yeah. just, don't just stay in your box.
0: That's definitely what I try to tell everybody. Like when I, when I interact, especially with the Marines, working with them and stuff, I try to tell them like, if you're not learning something new every day, you're not doing it right. Right. Like you should you should learn something every day, even if it's something small, like you should be learning something every day, Um, especially in IT and cybersecurity, because at some point, the things that you do learn are all going to cross paths again. And you're like, oh, shoot. Yeah, I remember learning that for this. Right. And and it'll kind of Mm -hmm. spark something every time.
1: Yeah, I I completely sympathize with the watch position where you're standing 12 hour watches have been there, done it. Uh, It sucks. And I've also been the guy that sits there and watches YouTube the whole time. (laughs) So I've been that guy. But just one day, I just decided to start taking the online classes while nothing's going on on the watch floor. And I think anybody can really do that unless you're out at sea with, you know, less than a mega bandwidth and maybe not. But, (laughs) you know, do it when you get back. It's um, there's a lot of opportunities to learn. And I, I hope that all of the listeners take the opportunity and go out there and learn something new every day.
0: Okay. Um, so speaking of learning, are there any, again, we're not trying to get sponsored by anybody. We're not, you know, picking names, but if some free resources out there for individuals to go and, and to learn or get some educational references or, or some, some courses or classes, what would, what would sure. be some recommendations? Uh,
1: for, as far as free resources. Those um, are the easiest ones that I could think yeah. of for
0: people that really try to go out and use.
1: Yeah. um, TCM Security puts out a coupon for their pen testing course. They're kind of a new dog in the front, but they're very respected and they offer the PNPT certification. So that's a good one. Hack the box. Try Hack Me. Those are free. Um, Not a lot of industrial material out there for free, um, but if you want to pay for it, um, SANS offers courses on it. Um, you can use your GI bill for SANS master's degree program too. So if you have your bachelor's, you can get the GI bill to pay for, uh, all the GSEC and the GI, all the G courses for that SANS offers and all their certs.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm actually, I'm actually using, uh, one of the VA's, um, educational programs right now to finish out my associates, which is my time mm -hmm. getting cut short because of my circumstances. Um, I didn't get to use my TA or anything and I have my GI bill signed over to my kids, I'm using a VA program right now to finish out my associates and it's, 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 it's awesome. They're, they're paying for my associates in cybersecurity and, are, and then once I get enough credits, they're going to let me tra- transfer over to the Sands Institute to get their undergraduates pro- uh, certificate done there. That's awesome.
1: Amazon web services, their classes are really good. Um, another big recommendation is you can kind of run two courses at the same time. So if you're going the cert road and the college road, a lot of colleges like um, UMGC, all your major classes will be tuned to a cert. Okay. And so you'll basically just be taking Amazon Web Services class through UMGC. So at the end of it, you're ready to take the test. Nice. And you get college credits and you get paid to go to the class because it's GI Bill. Yeah. Win-win. And then you then- got paid to get
0: your degree. You got paid yeah. to get training for certifications.
1: Yep. And then you're going to go take a certification anyways because you already know it. And then you pay to get the certification and then you fill out a form and submit it to the VA and they pay you all the money back for the certification. (laughs) So you're making money. Why would you're setting yourself up?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. No, absolutely. So any, any last words? anything else outside of that? No. Good luck, everybody. All right, man. Jake, again, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. It's been an honor working with you the last few years we've definitely seen eye to eye on quite a bit of stuff, um, which I, which I definitely appreciated. Um, I also learned a lot of stuff from you too, um, especially on the Linux side of the house, working a lot with that. Um, and actually even with the vulnerability assessment stuff, like kind of helping to shape a lot of, a lot of the things that we were doing and kind of making it more efficient. So no, I, I definitely appreciate that. It's been, it's been, it's been an honor to be able to work with you. Likewise, We'll definitely keep in touch, man. All right, man. I appreciate it, man. Have a good one. All right. You too. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of The Bunkhouse. This was episode three. If you have any questions or want to reach out to me or ask me any questions, you can email the show at thebunkhousecast at outlook.com. You can also follow us on Twitter with the handle at bunkhousecast. You can also follow us on Facebook, same thing, at bunkhousecast. Um, We also just created a uh, community on Reddit. Um, The the link for that is in the closing section of the show notes, along with uh, the Twitter and Facebook handles and our email address. Again, thank you. And as always, be the light in someone's dark.